Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Solid Foundations podcast. Today, I'm here with Jordan, my personal trainer and friend, not to mention my partner in solid and fitness. So I met Jordan, I first met you when I was given the opportunity to bring solid to um, Superior Fitness, beginning of 2020, right before COVID hit. I first when I when I first met you there, you were uh, I think you were working two jobs at that time if I'm not correct. Yeah, doing correct. training and another job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I we built a, a good relationship. We we weren't working out at that time, but we're just such a close brotherhood at that gym, um, especially us who uh, we meet every week at Dustin, Zeke, yeah. you and I. That uh, you offered to help in Solid's fitness. Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, you became the uh, fitness coach, head fitness coach of Solid, mm-hmm. and so that's how um, you and I started to build our relationship. And um, it's been nothing but a pleasure, brother. So yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, mm-hmm. and about especially with all the knowledge that you're about to kick down to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so welcome, man. Tell yeah, us, tell you. us a little quick of your background a little summary so yeah born and raised here in Santa Barbara California um, had both my dad and my mom in my life but was uh, primarily with my mom M- most of my life my dad lived in LA so growing up um, played sports um, pretty much my whole life uh, school wise went to Peabody Charter School um, junior high went to La Colina when I was around 13 is actually when I started getting to fitness, uh, fitness so that was junior high High school, San Marcos High School. And then after high school, um, you know, my momentum with fitness kind of really was established. And I got my personal training certification when I was 20 and started training part time from there. Throughout my 20s, had uh, part time personal training jobs, had management jobs at um, certain gyms. lot of different jobs in the fitness industry then also I got into the medical field as well Uh, I got my EMT license sort of had ideas of maybe becoming a nurse so uh, 20s was just a lot of discovery and Uh figuring out myself and sort of my path and sometimes you can like connect the dots when you're looking back so I turned 30 this year and you know uh, welcome to the club yeah (laughs) it's a good club to be in I enjoy it Um, and so yeah when uh, 2020 beginning of 2020 when we first met was sort of the catalyst um, that launched me to where I am now. I, I was working two jobs, like you said, so kind of just in between two things. And uh, when COVID hit, it was sort of a blessing in a lot of ways because it just sort of oriented my brain into really thinking about whether I want to be all in on this, on this or not. And once I made that choice, the rest is history. You know, and so uh, as an independent business contractor, I train at Superior Fitness. Um, my close co-worker or co-business partner, Ezekiel, we run our group classes and we do PT at the gym. And you know, ever since then, we've just been building it up, transforming it. And it's been such a blessing working with you as well at Solid. Thank you, brother. Thank it's you. been so awesome. Your vision for Solid is exactly what kids need nowadays. And I just feel blessed to be a part of it. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Beautiful. So you had mentioned as a as a in your youth that you didn't have both parents in the home. Did that affect you tremendously mm-hmm. growing up, or how did how explain like how did how did that work for you? Yeah. So my, my dad, just such a great humble man and such a great father, you know. But there is a certain factor when 
the father's not in the home, mm-hmm. especially as a young boy, you are constantly looking for male role models. Not even consciously looking, you're subconsciously just looking for somebody to emulate. So my whole life, um, as a child, I was searching for that in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I looked up to athletes, I had certain uncles, or certain just males that would come in and out of my life um, during that time. It definitely had an effect on me, yeah. positively and negatively. Negative. So in school, growing up, did were you um, were you more of the quiet type or more the outgoing type? Yeah. In school, like uh, I just I just see all our kids, right, and just mm-hmm. working with kids for years. You see how parents, whether even if they're both in there, parents yeah. are humans, right? <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. so um, their experiences, things happen. It affects kids. And so I'm, I'm just curious the way my mind works is of how your certain situation growing up affected you in school. Yeah. So um, that home life wasn't always the most stable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like when I was at school, I was definitely outgoing. I was, um, you know, always playing sports, always, you know, very social. But what I would at that age, I would take out some of the stress I felt at home. Some of the kids at school you know some sort of bullying and Mm -hmm. it it, when I would see sort of like you know maybe a weakness or something that I saw to kind of pick at I would find it and and do so and it wasn't it wasn't anything actually against them it was just my insecurities manifesting themselves through that so so yeah growing up at home having sort of that little dysfunctional family definitely affected me socially at school even though I was outgoing it wasn't always the most positive outgoingness negative as well was it was it all one way were you constantly the bully or or did it go both ways so it went both ways um i would say early on it was primarily um me being a bully although you know i had it went both ways too Uh you know i had had some friends that that you know were the stereotypical sort of kid you you would see get picked on at school i'd stick up for them like crazy you know those are my friends, but also yeah. I do the same thing. So, yeah. so it wasn't balanced in that way. But then there was, you know, a time during fourth and fifth grade where, you know, I would sort of emotionally eat as a kid. I didn't realize that that's how I was, that was coping. A comfort, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'd do it, and I got a little chubby at a certain point. And I remember, yeah, between like fourth and fifth grade, I started getting picked on. Kids starting to call me chubby and fat. Was it the same kids you were bullying before <laughs> and them getting revenge oh, or was man. it a new set? I, I kind of wish it was, but yeah. I, I don't think I deserved it. But yeah. no, I think it was a different set. It was just bigger, bigger and yeah, bigger bullies. You know, there's always bigger, more bigger. experience. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that really affected me. Was and it was it mostly all verbal or did it get physical sometimes? It got physical too. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was verbal. And then, you know, me, I was sort of a little firecracker. So you say something, I, I'm i going to say something back. And, and there was a couple times where it escalated physically as a kid. You know, I went to the principal's office, um, you know, got in some trouble for that. And it, it, it affected me a lot, like I was saying, to where... I wanted to make that change within myself and I just didn't I didn't know you know how to eat properly or anything like that but I started making some adjustments just by myself at home mm-hmm. not starving myself but not eating as where, much where did you even get that <clears throat> where do you get like I'm getting <clears throat> at that age where do you get I am getting chubby because of the way I'm eating so I, I should yeah. change the way I'm eating uh, a lot of people a lot of adults around me were very um, I was raised by a lot of women you uh-huh. know so they were always talking about their weight and the way they looked and 
how they shouldn't eat this and shouldn't Got eat it. that. So that, that really rubbed off on me. And so I sort of emulated that when I... Because when I was a kid, I didn't understand. I was like, oh, whatever. They're talking about you know this and that. But no. once I got called fat, I was like, okay. Like, That's dumb. Huh? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I should you know be watching what I'm eating. Like my mom and my aunt, my grandma are saying, yeah. you know, constantly watching their weight. Not that that was the healthiest perspective, but it was something that I could grasp onto that I can make a change. It made sense at the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the bullying went both ways, you know. And th- and that's elementary school. Did that carry over into junior high? So, yeah, that was elementary school, and it carried over to junior high and, and high school as well. So, again, it was just me dealing with certain insecurities of myself uh-huh. and taking it out on others. So, in high school, you know, getting in some trouble. I Well, before we get to high school, just because yeah. I see elementary as one stage, right? A mm-hmm. stage where um, there's recess. Right. There's sitting with your friends, eating lunch, mm-hmm. and every you're learning the ABCs and two plus two, mm-hmm. and then junior high you're kind of thrown into a shark tank, right? Right. Yeah. And then so junior high is kind of where you're learning, and then you take what you learn in junior high to high school. So in junior high, let's stick there for a little bit. What was what was the uh, the bullying like then? Was it still going both ways, or were you particularly? So it was interesting. Bullying? Junior high was kind of a little bit more introspective time in my life there wasn't much going both ways what actually was is that's the time I started working out uh-huh. so that was a time where I I really took off in regards to like I would do calisthenics at home I would do push-ups sit-ups pull-ups and it was just me trying to have control over something in my very sort of chaotic at home life that was yeah. the one thing I can kind of ground myself with at an early age and I had some influences in life that kind of helped me get to that point to to want to work out at that age at that young age um so that's when i first started working out and do you, like I do said, you think that those two are linked though you working out and then you saying there wasn't too much back and forth bullying anymore because you had that outlet yeah yeah, yeah i think it was like a new outlet for me so it really allowed me to just look at myself in a lot of ways um, and then once I kind of got used to that, and again, like you said, you kind of get in another shark tank where mm-hmm. there's a whole new set of like social dynamics and you're still trying to discover yourself. Um, so once I got in high school, it kind of restoked that sort of insecure part of myself, which was manifested by, by, by the time you hit high school after working out since you were 13, did you go in there with, uh, I would say maybe not the most common physique meaning you were more developed than yeah. most at, at that time yeah definitely yeah. um yeah definitely more developed I, like i said i started doing calisthenics and my grandfather got me my first dumbbell set so i was actually lifting weights before you know most kids were at that age um so yeah going into high school definitely more developed had more knowledge but then once i got to high school i really wanted to you know, extend that or, or become more well-versed, take it to the next level mm-hmm. um, for myself. And it was oriented towards sports. It wasn't just like, you know, I was trying to get the best physique. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to to change myself performance-wise first and foremost. <clears throat> and so when I was in high school, I got my first job at Foster's Freeze up nice. on the Mesa as yeah. head fry cook. So <laughs> Yeah, I worked at Dino's right next door to that, oh, man. Did you? Yeah. So, but that was probably... 
about 10 years before got you got it. that oh job. man yeah i miss dinos <laughs> yeah um so i know foster freeze well yeah, grew up yeah. on the mesa so yeah yeah you're, you that means you were cooking up the taquitos the mm, taquitos back that there <laughs> yeah man the burgers the all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah the foster freeze had a big yeah. menu so yeah learned how to cook all that stuff and um were you grubbing back there like were you oh yeah yeah, yeah uh and actually back up a little bit because kind of what I always wanted to get a job as soon as I could. So at that time, it was 15 and a half when you can first get a job. Mm -hmm. So I was already orienting myself in that direction. But um, when I was a freshman in high school, I was playing football. And there was this man named uh, Adam Shipley. Him and his brothers were starting this gym called Field Sports Performance. And before I knew about it, they, they would go, you know, they're trying to build up their gym. They went to different high schools and talked to different sports programs. Like the fo- I was playing football, so mm-hmm. they went out to one of our practices, gave sort of their gym spiel, like, "Hey, we're we have this gym. We want to train athletes. We want to get you know you guys as well prepared for season as possible." And you know they were big guys. They looked like they walked the walk yeah. too. So as a kid, very impressionable kid, you look at that like, "Oh, I want to be like that. That seems awesome." Yeah. So I don't know what this guy's talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to look know. like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. Went up to, uh, to him after he gave, you know, the, the talk at practice. And I said, hey, like, you know, how can I get started? And I said, come by the gym. We set up a time where we can meet up. Went through a workout, and I was just hooked. And so afterwards, I asked him, you know, how much is it per session? And it was like 65 or something. He gave us like a student discount. So I went home. I was like, hey, mom, you know, there's this really cool gym with this coach that I really want to start. $65 per session. And she's like, that's great. Well, you better find yeah. out a way to pay for yeah, that. No problem, huh? Go, <laughs> go right ahead. So I was like, "All right." So that's that was uh, even bigger motivation to get some hours working. So yeah, fry cook. I would go to school after school, work about four to five hours afterwards, just save up my money and started buying some sessions. And he was a very positive role model for me, who just taught me nice. a lot, not just in fitness and how to improve yourself that way, but also the fact that, you know, he was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He uh, he took something that he was interested in, that he was passionate about, that he felt good about, and found out a way to make it his living and create a gym and grow. So, yeah, very impactful, very impactful um, mentor of mine at that time in my life. Yeah, it sounds like it definitely is probably at least a spark, if not more, for, mm-hmm. the, for the fire and passion you have for fitness right now. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. And so in high school, you're, you're, you're taking your fitness to a next level. Is it all sunshines and rainbows now? You found mm. fitness and you're, you're good, you're golden? No. No, not quite? No, no, no. <laughs> it was, again, so much just self-discovery. You know, I feel blessed to have fitness as my anchor because mm-hmm. who knows where I'd be if I didn't have that as yeah. an outlet. Yeah. But even with that, you know, um, physical development automatically happens. You know, we go through puberty, mm-hmm. we grow physically, but emotional maturity, spiritual maturity, all that stuff is a choice. And I wasn't making those choices properly. I was really focusing on the physical aspect, but I was neglecting other parts. So although I had that on point, even though, you know, you know, in the party scene, you know, unfortunately in today's society, I feel like so much of what's projected to kids at that age is go party, YOLO, you know, do this and do that. And it's just that influence is so heavily there that when you're a kid, you just fall right into it and everyone else is doing it so and, and you know there's probably at least two major crowds in high school and i'm sure there's some in between but there's those that are invited to parties and mm-hmm. then those that aren't so right. which, which one did you fall <laughs> I was definitely invited to parties oh, and i went to uh, most of them yeah <laughs> 
Um, so you had a good, so you had a social life. Maybe, definitely. Yeah, maybe not the most positive, but yeah. you had that social life and that. Did that ever take away from your fitness, you know, or, or were you able to keep that balance? It definitely, it, it took away in regards to, you know, I wasn't at my full potential partying like that. Mm -hmm. But when it came to consistency and discipline, no matter what, I would get my workouts in. Yeah. Dude, sure. Would you say that your upbringing, having the, uh, you know, the the particular way you grew up at home, not having both parents there at all times for you, was that still affecting you in high school? Was that a part of what you're saying, like your personal development you needed and you're lacking? Yeah. And, and so from a lot of times people cope with drugs, alcohol. Mm -hmm. I know you had fitness. Did you still mess around with that type of stuff for coping? Absolutely, yeah. man. Like, yeah, alcohol, a lot of different types of drugs. Um, yeah, it was just a coping mechanism. It was escapism, mm -hmm. you know, because deep down, even at that age, I knew what was right and what was wrong. I knew what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. But it's a hard burden to take responsibility for your life. It's a next level of maturity. And at that age, I just wasn't ready for it. So I was running from it. Mm -hmm. And the way I ran from it was escaping through partying escaping through not taking responsibilities not doing the things that i knew i should be doing and and um going as far in that direction as i could because i was trying to run away from my own reflection yeah and did it ever get to the point where it could have potentially got you in trouble mm -hmm. got you in trouble either with the law or with your family both yeah. and i had both instances happen Luckily, a lot of the things I did, you know, I, I didn't get caught for. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, yeah, they, they all had consequences and it was, I was slow to learn. But, but eventually, you know, like towards the end of my teens, uh, I really took a long, hard look in the mirror and had to make some decisions and get real with myself. So, yeah. Was that after high school? Or were you able to start kind of thinking like that? towards the end of high school or did you need to be away from that environment yeah. to even start the process right so during high school is hard yet yeah, because I was so immersed in it and again I would say you know you always have that voice in the back of your head you know you can you can tamper it down and mm -hmm. really you know have it get even quieter and quieter and quieter but it was always there and then for me after high school towards the end I remember like senior year just having certain moments where I'd be in situations and kind of being like what am I doing here? You know, is this really what it's about? Like I would go to some parties and there would be, you know, we'd be like the young kids, 17 year, years old, but then there'd be like, you know, at the time, old guys at 25 yeah. or 28, you know, real old. Uh, and, uh, and I look at them and be like, man, is that going to be me? And they, for lack of a better word, they were just kind of like losers, mm -hmm. you know, who just did the same thing, never decide to grow up, never decide to mature just did the same thing. And That's so, awesome, man. That's awesome that you had that. And I can't, you know, I wonder, I wonder if most kids think that, but just shut that voice mm -hmm. totally down, or does that not even come to their thought mm -hmm. process? Right, you know? right. But, uh, yeah, that's amazing. The uh, So you would say it was kind of a gradual thing once you got out of that environment, you started really working on your mind is what it really mm -hmm. sounds like. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are, what were some of the things you used to develop that that strong mindset um a lot of it was like 
self-growth growth type um, resources. A lot of things in like YouTube, mm-hmm. you know. I was just curious about things, you know. Um, I look up things of, it was, it was actually it was a lot of fitness stuff. It was like fitness, this and that. And then there'd be some coaches. Like I remember, you know who Elliot Hulse is? No, not. So anyways, he's like, he was like a fitness guy. But a lot of the stuff he did also was like advice for Got young it. men. Got it. And so like that, like I would go to him initially for fitness but then he would like throw in these little little things in there little nuggets and I'm like oh that's interesting yeah that makes total sense and then so I'd kind of like orient myself towards you know those types of videos that he would make and then that led to another person who was talking about certain things and then that led to book recommendations and um, you know podcasts weren't really huge at that time but they were around Mm -hmm. Um, so there were some podcasts and things like that and and because I didn't have you know, uh, a lot of in-person male role models a lot in my life. The beautiful part about being in this day and age is you don't have to be in person to have role models or people, mentors. You don't have to ever meet them, really. You can just read their stuff, look up their videos, you know. So I did a lot of that, and that was very, very helpful for me. Um, And it was just a process. It was a lot of of, um, learning, but a lot of um, unlearning as well. And the... And the fitness journey, though, that has never that never stopped. From thirteen, you've kind of continued that on mm-hmm. uh, to this day. Mm-hmm. You've turned it into a profession now. Mm-hmm. You no longer, I think, you let go of that second job months mm-hmm. and months ago, right? You oh, kind yeah. of go Over went a year all ago. in, yeah. and now you're 100 percent into your fitness. Seen, things seem to be going very well, mm-hmm. uh, not only for Superior Fitness, but for for you as on your personal training side, yeah. um, which we recently you offered to uh help me in that aspect yeah and then since then i would say for we just finished week five Mm -hmm. about to head into week six yeah and um i was never uh, there was some times where i've um lifted weights one time with a personal trainer before Mm -hmm. but other than that it was more calisthenics a lot of bar work and so but I realized that uh, I was at a plateau and I uh, have such great role models in the fitness industry. I'm around every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that offer came up uh, from you, you and I talking and us, you being willing to train me, I just jumped on the offer and, and now we're uh, been going hard. Yeah. Um, I can honestly say I've never felt this way from lifting weights <laughs> in my whole life. So I yeah. think you're doing great work. Yeah. Amongst our sessions, there's lots and lots of questions I have for you. Mm-hmm. You're always open to answering everything. You're so knowledgeable in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I share a lot what we do on, on Instagram. And we we get lots of questions from Instagram as well and people wanting to know. So uh, I have uh, compiled questions for you. And uh, and I know you're, you're up for the challenge of answering yeah. them all. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move into that, brother, let's if you're it. open for yes. it. Yes, yeah. All right, Jordan. So with the questions, there's two segments that that I want to do. The first one is kind of the overall myth versus fact type of thing of working out. Just the real basic, I think, questions that uh, that are so important to know, especially if you've for people that have maybe never even worked out. Yeah. And then we'll jump into the uh, questions. Some of the questions from IG. Okay. Okay. So first question: myth versus fact. The importance of supplements. So supplements. Um, 
Supplements are in a substitution for a good foundation of working out and nutrition. So I always tell people, if you don't have those two things established in your life yet or your routine yet, get those established first before you even start thinking about Mm -hmm. supplementation. Because there's no shortcut to getting fit, to getting healthy. You have to first get disciplined enough to show up at the gym consistently, get some sort of routine. Whatever program it is, stick to it. Then look at your food. What are you eating? How are you nourishing your body? Get that on point. Because really, supplementation is just a little cherry on top. It's the icing on the cake. But the cake itself is solid nutrition, consistent working out. Um, Then if you are going to get into supplementation, Mm -hmm. I would say it's very important to get some sort of blood work done. Because if you're just supplementing with random things, vitamins, minerals, whatever it is, you're just guessing at that point. You could be completely, let's say you have like a, a, you know, a vitamin D deficiency, but you're, you know, taking all the other vitamins except that, Yeah. you know, you, it's going to be pointless. You know, you're not, it's not going to be effective. So first understanding what's going on underneath the hood, getting some sort of blood work done to see maybe what you're deficient in supplement wise is important. And then, like I said, first and foremost, establishing a foundation of eating well and working out consistently so two questions on that for the for the people who are like well i don't have enough money to buy the supplements to start working that's that's not the important part is what you're saying yes get in the gym and show that you can be disciplined before you're worried about buying a 60-day supply of a supplement show that you could work out consistently for one week at least right exactly because supplementation is going to give you about that extra five percent if if at all Uh uh-huh if you're taking the right one right the 95 percent is you showing up to the dang gym and eating well Mm -hmm. you know supplement industries really they're very good at marketing they capitalize on that type of mindset of oh hey take this pill and look at this jacked guy on the label you'll be just like him in 30 days you know so so don't be swayed by that understand that to to get real results it's not supplementation it's the habits and the discipline that go into eating well and working out consistently i think that's a a great great way to wrap up that that question Mm -hmm. um i do have uh when you say blood work what would be the best way of going i've had an experience where i went to go get blood work done just because exactly what you said i wanted to look under the hood right when it got the blood work done they called and pretty much said Oh, everything looks so good. And <laughs> and I was hoping, you know, just from listening to different things, I wanted to know, was I deficient, like you said, in, yes. in, in B12 or vitamin D or calcium, mm-hmm. all these different things. I thought I, I thought they were going to give me like this roadmap for me to yeah. feel like just on top of my game. And that's not what I got from where I went to. So what would you say is like the best strategy to, to get that done? Yeah, have good communication with your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, have the same conversation we're having now. Um there are different blood panels. Off the top of my head, I can't think specifically how they're exactly which ones to ask for. But there are like, for example, hormonal mm-hmm. blood panels. There are micronutrient blood panels, which just means like vitamins and minerals in your body. So ask them about that. Communicate Got with it. your doctor. There are also there's like primary physicians that can give you blood work, but there's also naturopathic doctors as well. Um, that you know, in Santa Barbara, there there's a couple yeah. clinics actually. There's quite a few people that work at this naturopathic clinic close to Superior that come to the gym who tell me all this cool stuff all the time um, about how, you know, really understanding what's going on under the hood and how many ways there are to analyze that. Uh, 
So that's probably where I went wrong. Wrong. I just went in there and said, hey, I want some blood work done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. they probably just general, right? Like, right. You, you don't have age, age, you don't have chlamydia, you don't got all <laughs> right. this stuff. You're good to go. You're good to go. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? exactly. Okay. And, and sometimes, too, just to wrap that question up, um, you know, getting, like, multiple uh, blood works done is important, too, because when you get blood work done, it's just a snapshot of that moment in time. Let's say mm-hmm. your sleep is really bad for like, you know, a month or like even a week or even a couple of days, that's going to affect your blood work. You Got know, it. try to optimize yourself before you go into it to really get a better look at, you know, what is actually going on and make sure that there's not other variables that could be affecting that sort of reading. Got it. All right. So showing up and just doing work versus programming. Yeah. So... It's just like anything, you know, um, you have a goal in mind. You want to find the most effective way to get there. So let's say you want to build muscle, put on 10 pounds of muscle, right? Work backwards from that goal. And to do that is programming. You mm-hmm. have to have some sort of method to get there. Because otherwise, if you're just going in and guessing and just doing kind of what you feel. If, if you've never worked out before, yeah, you may get some results initially, but you're going to hit a plateau very quickly. So having some sort of strategic um, path to that goal is absolutely essential. You know, yeah. for example, like the working out we've done. You know, we've been working out five weeks, man, and you are looking more jacked than I've ever seen you look. We got that, a game man. plan. You know, each yeah. time we go in there, we're, we're we have a game plan. We're recording stuff down. We're looking back at what we did last week. Okay, how can we increase this weight? You know, a lot of times when you go into the gym and you're just kind of freestyling, yeah. you don't realize, but you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're not really increasing the weight. You may think maybe you're up in it here and there, but if it's not tracked diligently, it's just not going to be as efficient. So programming is absolutely important to get to your goals. I think that's so important because, I mean, I know people throughout my life when I've been working since working out since, you know, 24-hour fitness and going to different gyms, and you see dedicated people there, and they're going hard. Yeah. They're sweating, and they're, and they're showing up at the same time every day putting in work. But if you were to look at them, you know, five years ago and they were doing that same work they don't look yeah different right you know and um luckily for those certain people they're disciplined they keep going because that's better than not doing it at all yeah but i know there's people that get discouraged because they're not seeing results Mm -hmm. and so you're saying that's where you need the program exactly and and you know most people don't don't know much about that so you know fortunately there's a lot of resources you know you can educate yourself youtube um, there's many you know, trainers online mm-hmm. that you can buy you know, programs from and things like that. But starting out with some sort of guidance, investing in yourself that way, whether it's an in-person personal trainer or online, and sticking to it, you can learn so much from that. And that can be kind of your foundation um, for doing so. Awesome. So is the only way to gain muscle by pushing heavy weight? No. As you know. We, uh, yeah, as we I've learned. Yes, as, yes, <laughs> yeah. as you've learned, yeah. exactly. Um, ob- you definitely want to be getting stronger. That That is essential um, for pretty much anything you're doing, whether it's sports performance, whether it's aesthetics, you want to be getting stronger. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be lifting the heaviest weight possible all the time. You can make lighter weights feel heavier or train or stress your body in a way that's going to facilitate the same response as lifting heavy wood without banging you up all the time. Um, so we do a lot of tempo work, for example. We do certain sets where we're going six seconds on the way down on a bench press. We're going slow and steady. Now, you're not going to be able to lift the same amount of weight as you would if you were just doing regular reps. Mm-hmm. But 
you don't need to when you change tempos and adjust um, things such as that. So talk a little bit of why why would we take our time going down with weight mm -hmm. when we're so uh, us, our, us novices are just get that weight down and then push it, yeah. explode up. Yeah. So why why go slow? So there's a few variables there. So like I said, strength is really important for gaining muscle or just being, you know, having better performance physically. But another a few other variables are time under tension. So when you're doing, for example, let's say we did uh, six reps, just regular speed, right? Mm -hmm. That'd probably take like six to 10 seconds at most. Now, when we do those same six reps, but we go six seconds on the way down, that's at least you know 36 seconds of time under tension there. So that stresses the muscle in a different way for a longer duration of time. Also, when we do slower reps or even like uh, isometrics where we're holding a certain mm -hmm. position, it allows us to connect with the muscle better too. So especially people when they're first lifting and working out, they don't really have that connection with their body. You know, a lot of working out is actually training your nervous system to become more coordinated and to become more in tuned with feeling your body do a certain movement. So when we're doing like the bench press, for example, like the dumbbell press, and we're going six seconds on the way down, you feel your pecs stretch mm -hmm. and then you feel them contract on the way up. You know, you're able to better connect with the muscle too. So those two variables along with strength are very important and very beneficial when playing with tempo. And so the, the mind's so underrated, right? We mm -hmm. could have a whole podcast series on the mind. Mm -hmm. For those that are are kind of like, come on, Jordan, you're like you concentrate and you feel your muscle with your mind. Come on now. Can you... For those non-believers, can you explain the science behind that? Yeah. Um, so just to touch on it briefly. So back to the nervous system, you know, our, our nervous systems are like are like a circuitry in our body. Right. And our body uh, can be better innervated with a nervous system by stimulating it through exercise. Mm -hmm. So so the more you exercise, the more the more efficient you get at a certain movement. Um, also, um, you learn how to push yourself too. You know, when you're not when you are not experienced working out, certain exercises or certain levels of physicality can feel extreme. You know, but once you've been under a bar a certain amount of times, you're familiar with the game. You understand how it feels to really push yourself. What what really one more rep in the tank is like. Uh -huh. So so yeah, when we're training, we're training our mind just as much as we are training our body and then to go just into a little bit more detail on the mind to muscle connection what's happening when like you said we're doing those flies and we're thinking in our head and we're concentrating and feeling trying to block everything out and just feel the tension in our muscles working yeah is there something happening in our body with that connection yeah so for example i really like working with uh, slow reps on the way down. It's called the negative range of motion or the eccentric part of the range of motion without getting into too much like technical terms. Mm -hmm. But for example, like on the bench press, so on the way down, um, the muscle, your pec muscles are stretching and if you slow it down, they're contracting at the same time. So when we're working out, what we're actually doing is we're tearing down our muscle fibers. On a very micro level, we're getting little tears on our muscle fibers. Because when we're in the gym, we don't get stronger or bigger. It's afterwards when our body recovers from the damage we inflicted upon it in the gym. So the, the example of the eccentric reps, the reason why we get so sore from those is because they're so effective 
at damaging the muscle in a good way mm-hmm. because for back to the bench press example when you're going downwards like that the muscle the pecs are stretching but because you're going slow they're contracting at the same time so you get tons of micro tears as opposed to if you just go really fast mm-hmm. you're not going to get the same effect so that's kind of the science of how it affects the muscle fibers themselves uh because you want that micro damage you want those muscles to be beat up so that your body can go okay hey we need to we need to get stronger we need to get bigger from this and yeah those eccentric reps are very effective at that for the reason that those muscles are stretching and contracting at the same time and when you're concentrating on that particular muscle group you're working on is your mind telling your body hey we're concentrating here this is where work needs to be done right here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that is that kind of that mind muscle connection is really what i'm trying to yeah. get through yeah it's actually yeah. interesting too so yeah so like you can isolate a certain spot right so like if you work out your chest do a lot of bench press that that's going to send a signal to your body we need to grow it's that Got growth it. response Got right it. and so that's isolate that certain area but there's actually something really interesting a really interesting study that i was reading and they did an experiment with they had they had a person a few quite a few individuals work out one arm mm-hmm. just work out one arm did nothing to the other arm and the that one arm they worked out yeah grew for sure but what they also found is that other muscles in the body actually had improvements like the improvement on the arm they were working was was you know pretty significantly more than other um, parts of their body but there's a general sort of growth response in the whole body mm-hmm. anytime you work out that's why for example legs I tell a lot of guys who hate leg day and love working their upper body to get bigger. I say, hey man, you wanna know how to get your chest bigger? You wanna know get your arms bigger? <laughs> Lift some legs, man. <laughs> because it's such a big muscle group, yeah. when you work them out, it sends a huge response to the whole body. Yeah, your legs for sure, because you're isolating, but huge response to the whole body. We need to grow. And it has a bunch of different hormetic, natural hormetic responses, growth hormone, and things like that, that it signals to your whole body um, to grow. So, so yeah, when we're isolating movement, yeah, we're really targeting that muscle. But even just that is going to cause a downstream sort of growth effect throughout the whole body. And so that, I mean, that's a terrific, I like, I, I love, I love that answer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave the ladies out on this yeah, one. Because yeah. to me, that's a, that's a whole bag uh, holding like just big nugget of knowledge for guys hey if you want to grow muscles lift your legs mm-hmm. what do the ladies do what's their special part of their body that that they need to do i know you've told me that same thing Gil. we got to build legs yeah so much testosterone comes from you doing it yeah so what's the major muscle group for the ladies that they need to hit that's a great question because a lot of times people think okay like how do i train for a woman and how do i train for a man mm-hmm it's the same same thing, thing. Man. Yeah. it's the same thing get stronger you know make sure you're doing form right play with tempos if you want but it's the same thing you know and and a lot of sometimes you know women will be scared to lift heavy because they they're like i don't want to look like arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and i'm like if you look like arnold so i've been trying to look like <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger my whole life like yeah. been working my butt off at it you don't really have the hormones to do so so don't worry about that um so for the women same thing like you know and aesthetically speaking women on average like to focus on leg aesthetics more mm-hmm. guys are like upper body but regardless you should be holistic in your training um, because it's going to have yeah those same effects regardless right. of whether you're a male or a female got it cool next one 
going to your sore and can barely move means you're doing it right. Mm, no, that's a very common misconception. Um, that can actually, that's actually not good. Uh-huh. Um, although <laughs> I've done that to myself many yeah. times, you know, um, I just like to push myself a lot. But uh, when it comes to effectiveness, you don't want to be destroyed every single time because there's a certain threshold of diminishing returns when it comes to working out Mm -hmm. you know if you're working out all day every day you may think more is better but that's actually not accurate when it comes to working out if you want to be as effective as possible you want the minimal effective dose because there's there's a dichotomy here you know you want to stress your body enough to where it you know has that response of we need to grow we need to change but you don't want to dig it so deep into that hole to where your body doesn't have the resources or the rest or the recovery to actually do that regrowing, to mm-hmm. be getting stronger. So it's a balance between resting and recovering. And if every single time you're destroying yourself in the gym to where you can barely walk, that's going to not only work against your next workout, but you're going to be so deep in the hole of you know damage to your muscles, even like central nervous uh, system fatigue like your nervous system can get to a point to where it's fried yeah you know and so that's when it can be counterproductive that's like you've probably heard it overtraining you know yeah yeah um, yeah so that no, that makes a lot of sense so when you say you're kind of digging yourself in a hole it's like if you did that now you got to refill the hole before you can grow right so exactly. instead of just saying i got a good workout in go home rest eat mm-hmm. and i could start growing it's like no <laughs> You depleted yourself so much that first now you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. take more rest, mm-hmm. more nutrition before you even come back. Don't come back and start digging the hole more. Right. Right? Is that kind of Exactly. And that can be counterproductive. And it's like and people, you know, I love it too. Like sometimes there'll be people who are so motivated to get on their fitness game and they're just like, I wanna go to two classes a day, mm-hmm. I wanna do this and do that, and they come out the gate so hot. And it's like, that's awesome. That person has some serious fire, but it's not wise because by the end of two weeks, maybe a month, let's say you sustain that for a year, you're going to be so beat up that you're going to have to take time off. You're, you, who knows? You could have, your, your immune system can be affected. You get sick, yeah. you know? So definitely tempering that um, is very important. And understanding, like you said, the balance of the hole you want to, you're digging, mm-hmm. you got to fill that up. It's a balance between the two. And a lot of working out is understanding what that threshold is for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people, their main influence is like the the internet, right? Or watching TV. And so they're they're watching the uh, 30 for 30s or the the pre-fight things. And they're seeing these athletes working out in the morning, noon and night. Mm -hmm. But they're not showing that athlete like sleeping in between those reps all the calories they're they're intaking clean just clean clean calories Mm -hmm. they're not showing all all that right so although you can get great results doing that if you're not a professional athlete that has can afford to to have that schedule Mm -hmm. for everyday workers like us yeah we we got to be a little bit more balanced absolutely yeah Yeah, exactly and again i i love i love that fire you know Mm -hmm. i just I'm about that. Yeah. <laughs> I know like, you're about like, that. Like carry that fire over into your recovery. Exactly. Yeah. yeah into cover your nutrition. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Cover. Yeah. Exactly. Use that flame to to um, create discipline in other areas that will support, you know, multiple areas of yeah. your life. So yeah, it's just uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think 
it's not easy, right? I think both you and I could use some help in that department to get fired up. We're like, no, we're getting sleep. Right, we're right. getting sleep and we're getting rest. I'm fired up yeah. to get sleep tonight. Like, Let's go. <laughs> like that does take work, but that that is what's needed. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. All right. So next one is muscle memory real. Yeah. Uh, muscle memory, and I think what I'm understanding the question is, is does your muscle kind of remember where you were previously? Yeah, if you worked out and you got built to a certain point. Yeah. But let's say you stopped for a year. Mm-hmm. Now you join the gym because you're out, you're out of shape. Yeah. And you're joining some, but you're you're joining the gym along with somebody who's never worked out before. Yeah. You guys are both working out just as hard. Are you gonna see results quicker because of muscle memory? Per se, or, or am I even muscle memory a real thing? Am I saying the wrong term? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, so the longer you work, let's the longer you maintain a regimen and you maintain maybe a certain physique or level of fitness, the quicker you can get into it when you fall off. So, let's say, for your example, the person who worked out hard for one year mm-hmm. and then took some time off, like six months, maybe another year, they'll they'll get back to it faster than the person who's never worked out before. But let's say. Uh, that person who worked out for one year and fell off, same thing happened with somebody who worked out 10 years mm-hmm. in a row. And then you guys started up at the same time again. That person worked out 10 years very fast to get back to it. So it, it depends on the duration that you've Got sustained it. that level to where your body will, will get back to that quicker. So, yeah, there's definitely muscle memory without a doubt. And kind of the science behind that on a very simple level mm-hmm is is it your your mind is telling your body oh hey i know what we've done this before Mm -hmm. if you're curling this like this i remember that feeling yeah yeah there's so many processes that go into developing your body and 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 if your body's been there before it goes okay we know what to do now we've been here before you know and uh it gets you there that much quicker awesome next one and we kind of talked about this one, and you just give me a your answer. Mm-hmm. Does your mind have any effect on growing muscle? Yes, that's a big yes. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Next one. The best way to lose fat is cardio. No. Um, one of the best ways. There's many. There's many ways to lose fat. Um, I would say the one of the most important is actually building muscle. So the more muscle you have on your frame, the more calories you're burning just sitting down, doing nothing. Because muscle tissue is very energy, uh, it costs the body a lot of energy. So the more muscle you can build in your body, the more of a fat burning machine you are just doing nothing. So first and foremost, put some muscle on your body. Secondly, if all you're doing is cardio, you're actually going to be burning a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. And and you've probably heard of skinny fat, right? So. Oh, uh, I'm I'm not sure if I heard, but the way you said it is like you're uh, you're you're burning your fat burners when you're doing cardio, basically. Right, because yeah. you're just breaking down muscle. So if you don't have some sort of resistance training where you're building muscle, sustaining muscle, you're not going to be as efficient fat burner as you know somebody who is. So building muscle, absolutely huge, and then nutrition, that that is massive. Um, making sure, you know, you know. There's many ways to calculate it, but you can see how many calories you burn, and there's a few variables that go into calculating that. You know, like your age, height, weight, uh, you know, gender, and um, your 
level of activity, body fat percentage, you can, you can find ways to calculate your total daily expenditure. So mm -hmm. to just break it down simply, if you want to lose weight, you know, you, you want to be a little bit below at, that deficit, at a calorie deficit. Yeah, a calorie uh -huh. deficit, but not to an extreme. You know, I would say like 10% is a good way to start, 10, maybe 20% on certain days. Um, and then going back to the muscle, you also want to make sure if you're in some sort of deficit that you're getting enough protein to sustain the muscle that you already have. So a good rule of thumb is like 0.8 to 1 times the grams of protein for your body weight. So for example, like I'm like 180 to 185, I hover between that. So for me, a good rule of thumb would be like 180 grams of protein a day to maintain muscle to help recover um, and things like that. So getting your cat caloric um, expenditure established, then also you can go a step further and get into macros mm -hmm. and understand, you know, how much fat and carbs and um, protein you need to have to reach your goals, whether it's to lose weight or even gain weight, put on mm -hmm. muscle. All those are very important variables. And it's somewhere I've heard is, is like fat is like water, right? So a lot of people who carry water weight around is because they're actually dehydrated. So their body's holding on to the extra water. So they say to lose the water weight, get your body to drinking water because mm -hmm, then it's mm -hmm. going to say, hey, we don't need to hold on to this. Totally. Yeah. I've heard that the same for fats. Is that, is that, do you know anything about that? So, so elaborate on that. So let's say you have fat, your body's holding, storing fat because mm -hmm. that's what it does. If you get your body used to eating fats, mm -hmm. that it'll be more easier to lose fat. Yeah, it depends. Um. Yeah, there's a few variables involved with that. I wouldn't say necessarily that. Um, I would say a lot of times if you're eating a lot of carbohydrates mm -hmm. with a lot of like fat at the same time, that can lead to weight gain. Um, fat itself doesn't necessarily make you fat. Mm -hmm. It's like a language thing too. You know, it's like I wish I wish they weren't. I wish it wasn't called fat. I wish it was yeah. called like lipids or something because that sticks in people's brains. Like, you know, non-fat this, non-fat that. Stay away from that stuff for the most part because what you'll do when you flip that label over, yeah, it has no fat, but it has like 20 grams of sugar, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, so fat doesn't make you fat. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and to kind of be a little bit more clear on that, healthy fats mm -hmm. don't make you fat. Correct. So, yeah, fats are very important for your body. Our brain is mostly fat. Um, the, the, uh, our cell. Um, cell walls essentially mm -hmm. or the cell membranes I should say not cell walls are made of fats and and your body your body's amazing your body is so resourceful when I look at you I'm literally looking at all the food you've eaten your body mm -hmm. converts nutrients to tissues mm -hmm. to everything your body uses hormones proteins all that stuff is what you are yeah. right now so your body's going to take the tools you give it and make things now let's you do like a house metaphor, right? If you're building a house, what would you want to build it out of? Yeah, concrete for the concrete, foundation, you know, wood studs, yeah. You know, yeah, wood studs, things that are secure. That's like good proteins. That's like good fats, you know, vitamins, minerals. Now, your body will build the same house with different materials. Yeah, the frame of the house. It's, <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah. Be, it's gonna be as good if it's made of, you know, some styrofoam that, and Elmer's glue. That's kinda like the three little piggies, right? Exactly. You want it out of straw, yeah. or you want it out of brick. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and that's so, what the food 
You're That's saying, what the food yeah. is. Everything. So yeah, the food you can eat has effect on your tissues, has effect of you know how efficient your body is at certain things, mm-hmm. cognition, so many things. So when you're nourishing your body, you know, um, don't just think about the taste on the tongue because companies have figured out ways to hack that. They literally have equations to go, okay. I know how to hit this part of this person's tongue in such a way that it's going to just send so much dopamine to their brain to where you literally become addicted to certain foods. More, 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 yeah. Yeah, so so when you change your orientation of how you perceive food as like, I'm nourishing, you know, my body. I'm I'm nourishing this house. I'm, I'm giving my body the right tools to be the best it can be. That can be a really helpful way to, to change the way you think about food. Mm-hmm. And it'll just change the way you select foods. And on the topic of fat, what about if your body's unhealthy? Because I think what a, a lot of people aren't familiar with is that one, fat is like stored energy in your body. Mm-hmm. And you want that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the other is fat protects you from, um, like, it surrounds sickness in your body, right? Like bad cells or anything like that. Is that is that something that I'm on? on the correct path of saying or is that kind of do you know anything about that um in regards to like i'm sorry protecting like what yeah like so if you have a foreign object in your mm-hmm. body or something mm-hmm. that your body doesn't want mm-hmm. it actually and it can't like flush it out yeah on its own that fat actually yeah well you have like different immune cells in your body that mm-hmm. will actually yeah consume uh different pathogens within your body uh-huh. and excrete them in different ways or just literally destroy them like lice them and things like that and yeah it's not like necessarily the fat itself that's just going through and absorbing it, but the fat is used by those cells to yeah. become more efficient. So yeah, if you're nourishing your body, this the white blood cells in your immune, you know, of your immune system are going to be more efficient at, you know, killing viruses, killing bacteria, or um, yeah, just being more efficient at that process because they have the proper healthy fats to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Right, well, I think in the end, I. I that's, that's an exciting answer because cardio is boring. Huh? So like, who, who wants boring. to be on a tread oh run gosh. run on yes. a treadmill for an hour, but when you yeah. could just go and lift? So that's yeah. awesome. Go that's and lift, awesome and, and you and you definitely want to exercise your cardiovascular system. Like mm-hmm. that's very important. It's important, yeah, for your heart, for the vessels in your body to get blood flow to certain areas. So I, there's definitely a balance, um, and there's different ways of doing cardio too. Like you don't have to run, you know five miles straight you know you can yeah. do like short durations where it's like high intensity you know little intervals like 30 seconds yeah. on you, you can know. work out with dustin outside <laughs> i mean dustin yeah. that's gonna work out your endurance yeah, and cardio. Man, exactly so and so yeah and i think also too right you should know that i think that's big that if you if you do want to work on your endurance and cardiovascular good yes cardio but don't think that that's the best for fat Right. To burn fat. Yes. So that's a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, it's a balance yeah. between the two. And again, just one more thing on that. So, so yeah, having cardio is good for burning fat when you combine it with resistance training. Because going back to the calorie thing, you know, the the more exercise you do, the more output you do during the day, the more it brings down, uh, or the more calories you use up. So the more right. efficiently you can be in that deficit. You know. But again, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to deplete yourself and bury yourself in the ground. So got it. Got it. All right. So we got two more left in myth versus fact. This one is once you get older, staying in shape is impossible. Mm, very self-limiting belief that I hear a lot, actually. 
Um, no, that is not true. I saw a video on Instagram the other day of a 90-year-old woman. I think she deadlifted close to 200 pounds. You know, just just got after it, ripped it off the floor. And yeah, it's very self-limiting. You know, the moment you plant that idea in your head, you're right. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, granted, let's say, you know, you haven't worked out for 20 years. And you don't want to go right back into thrusting barbells over your head, you know, doing crazy stuff. You want to ease into it Mm -hmm. and build it up over time because sometimes a lot of people get discouraged, you know, if they haven't worked out for a long time and they go back to the gym after 20 years and they get there and they get buried off of the warm up or something or something very simple and they go, oh, no, I'm old. That's why, you know, uh, yeah, can't do it because I'm old. No, no, it's not because you're old. It's because you haven't done it for 20 years. Yeah. You know? And what if, what if you've never worked out before, but you're hitting 80 now and just like, I think now's the time. Perfect time. Perfect time for it. There's, ne- there's never a bad time to invest in yourself. Right. And, and you learn so much from, from working out besides just getting more fit, you know? Um, build self-confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. Discipline, right? Discipline can help you cognitively. You know, working out actually facilitates blood flow to your brain. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so important to know. Doesn't matter what age you are, you can get it done. Yeah, like we're uh, we're seeing more and more like uh, people who suffer from Parkinson's training. Mm -hmm. You know, boxing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and it's helping them that coordination and just that blood flow to the mind. Yes. And, And also, I think one of the biggest things is that they're not. They didn't just throw in the towel and say, well, I got Parkinson's now, I give up. Right. And they're like, no, I'm going to do something about it. Totally. So their body's forced and their mind's forced to work, you know? Yes. Like, let's come up with a solution then. Right. And the yeah. mind and body so intimately correlated, you know? Yeah, if you do have that victim mindset like, oh, you know, I have this and that now, so it's just, I'm, I'm done. No. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're going to go downhill very yeah. fast. But, um, yeah, you, you get that you know, mindset where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I may have these obstacles to overcome, but let's go, yeah. you know, I'm gonna go for it. And you'll be amazed at what you can do at whatever age. Yeah, so, so you could go do the work or you could go crawl into bed and call right. hospice. Right? Exactly, there's yeah. two options yeah. there and it's your choice yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you could still, yeah, if you still got the, the, you can get up and walk and go do and you got you got the want to do it, right. then you can do it, totally. what you're saying. Exactly. And and then I one thing before we move on, I just want to touch base because when I say in shape or when people hear in shape, they may be thinking, come on, you're going to have a 90-year-old a jacked. That's not necessarily in shape. They're just healthy, right? right. Like I've seen a, a lady that when I was in elementary school, and I still see her to this day because she just walked. I've always seen her walking all around the neighborhood. Yeah. And she still looks the same as she did I was in elementary school almost right. like 30 years ago. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So that's just inside. Sometimes yes. you don't. That doesn't mean that you're built like a like you're going on stage to right. go compete. Exactly. That's yeah, all relative to your goals, and uh, also just not comparing yourself to other people too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can go on Instagram and look at somebody who's this and that, and be like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll never be. But that's what I love about fitness. It's all about you versus yourself. Yeah, and the moment you can recognize that, you know, just shut everything else out and just worry about making yourself better in whatever capacity that is. Whether it's walking yeah. every day, great, or whether it's you know building a certain amount, great. Yeah, what's your goal? Find and, something. And, and the way I see it, whether it's social media or in person, if you want to look at something or somebody to help motivate you, great. Mm-hmm. 
but like you said it's dangerous and not healthy to set that goal to be like i want to look like that person right because it's just say if that is your goal you hit it now what right what now you stop no it should be i just want to get better yes you know i want to get better it never ends got it yeah never ends okay last one for myth versus fact you shouldn't have sex prior to a tough workout and this goes back to um since we're talking about workout that's why i asked but where the question came from is just back in the day you know before like mike tyson went into a fight mm-hmm. they'd be telling him you're not having sex for a, mm-hmm. a month you know and then he comes in like an animal mm-hmm. did having sex or not having sex had anything to do with being a beast when it comes time to perform you know i actually i do believe in that mm-hmm. i definitely do um for a few reasons you know, scientifically speaking, you know, there there are some effects after you do that, you know. Um, our bodies are survival mechanisms and what they're really concerned about is surviving, so eating, nourishing, or keeping our body going, but also reproducing. So when we do have that release, especially as like men, you know, how do you feel after that? <laughs> you know, you yeah, feel like nap time. Your or body's like, like mission accomplished. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously yeah. though. And there's certain hormonal effects that like, you know, things shift and change to where, yeah, you're not going to be as um, sort of a- aggressive in a good way, you know, or have that sort of drive. There's something called sexual transmutation, um, which hey, is... Hey, we're talking about working out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you can you can take it to that, but it's that same energy rather than, rather than just, you know, doing it for that. You can take that same sexual energy and orient it towards something else. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard thing to do. It's very disciplined, especially if you're just used to constantly satisfying, satisfying that, that urge. That urge. Yeah. But it's a very, very powerful thing when you recognize it as such and you can use it. And that's a whole other level of discipline too that I think, you know, I'm just speaking for men, I think more men mm-hmm. can practice in their own lives and see some changes in their ambition, in their confidence and things like that by not giving in to that urge every single time they feel it while using that urge for something different exactly yeah. but yeah, yeah not 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 yeah not exactly not relieving that urge yeah. that way but rather like you said yeah using it for something else yeah you know yeah because um, you think about a drive of a of a male you know especially the, for any teens listening to this like you're once your mind is on that mm-hmm. subject yeah and you're thinking about like you sex your mind is only on set. Like, how right. can I get this? Right, like, right. I need to get this and everything else falls by the wayside. And, and what yeah. you're telling your mind too, for example, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of young men and, and websites and stuff are out there. Mm-hmm. What you're telling your brain each time, not even just with sex with another person, but each time you go to one of those websites and, and you know, relieve yourself in that way, what you're telling your brain is, oh, we're doing, we're, we're, we accomplished something. Because... You know, our brain sees, you know, sex as like, okay, this is where we're doing something right. Yeah. You know, we're doing something correct. So each time you do that and sort of just relieve yourself that way, it's a very negative sort of loop that you put yourself in. You know, you, your brain's going, we don't need to be that ambitious anymore. We're getting everything we need right here. Yeah. We're reproducing. We're in the snap of a, you know, could bring up the laptop or bring up a phone. It's that easy. We don't need to be as ambitious. And you will notice that difference, you know, when, when you do retain that within yourself and you do have that discipline. 
Yeah, because because your your mind's not knowing the difference of like, uh, oh, we just reproduce. All it knows is ejaculating. Exactly, and that's the and, same and that's thing, it. right? But without you know, in order to <laughs> to actually have sex, you know, most of the time you have to you know be appealing. You have to yeah. be attractive, and certain things go into being attractive, especially as a man. You know, for being a man, being ambitious, you know, having goals, being mm-hmm. successful in certain ways. A lot of that's driven subconsciously by sex. You know, um, so when you're constantly just relieving that urge simply by instant gratification with the the internet. Yeah, you are sabotaging and hijacking your own brain to be less ambitious, to be um, less oriented towards getting success. Yeah, you know, because your mind's trying to get the path of least resistance, and right? it says we're good. We're yeah. good. Why? Why would we need to be ambitious? Don't we, go work out. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. We got go to the grocery store. We got food. Check. Yeah. Reproducing. Check. The laptop. Easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Uh, done. You know. So I absolutely think it has a huge effect, not just on workout, but life. All right. Good, cool. I'm sure there's uh, going to be some who don't didn't want to hear that. <laughs> well, I'd say to those people just try it out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think try you're definitely onto something if you're able to channel that energy because that energy is very powerful, very powerful. Yeah. And if you can harness that and use it in a different way, and just look at yourself too, you know, like observe yourself mm-hmm. during those moments. You know, like can you just not do it? And if you just can't, yeah. that's an issue. You yeah, know, it's you called look addiction. At, right? Yeah, exactly, though. <laughs> yeah. And you need to look at that within yourself and and be real with yourself. Because in our culture nowadays, unfortunately, it's like, again, going back to what I was talking about earlier, YOLO, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sex this, sex that, everywhere. No, man, like you got to have discipline in pretty much every area of your life, especially with that, because it's very powerful. Got it. All right. So that that takes care of myth and facts so i'm hoping uh the listeners got as much out of it as i did and now we're going to jump into uh questions from ig and then these ones will will uh, we'll kind of do like a rapid fire session mm-hmm. on these um anyone who uh would like to get a more detailed answer just hit us up on ig we'll give you the handles after okay so first one brush uh for you, and I think this was meant specifically for you, best pre-workout meal slash drink. Mm. Okay, so best uh, like pre-workout meal. You want something light, um, and generally, I wouldn't eat anything like like uh, within an hour of working out. So, like for example, you know, for you, like I say. Drink some cherry juice. Very mm-hmm. simple carbohydrate that goes straight to the bloodstream. If you're just chilling and hanging out, I wouldn't say just drink juice all day. Mm-hmm. But if you're about to work out or you just worked out, having some simple carbohydrates that can get right into your body for your body to use is good. And then some sort of simple, uh, easily digestible protein. Um, it could be like you know some eggs or something. Something that's light on the stomach. Um, or even, you know... You can talk about supplements here again. Make sure you have your nutrition and everything else on check. But let's say you have those things on check, like a, a protein shake and like you know maybe a piece of fruit or even juice would be great. And you Some, said within the hour of working out, uh, n- n- at least an hour before working before, out. Okay. So, so you don't want to be too close because you don't want to feel like you know you're you're bloated. That's why you want to keep it light so you don't feel like you're bloated. But just give yourself that hour. What that also does too is it allows those nutrients to get into your body. Got it, got it, got it. So that brings up a question for me, like 
yesterday uh friday was in a was in a day that i that i worked out and so i got to make that workout up but man wasn't my body feeling like like we didn't major damage to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it needed to recover and i had the cherry juice yeah drank the whole bottle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i didn't get my work was that counterproductive you know the- i mean yeah there's i don't think that it's counterproductive um if i'm gonna nitpick it mm-hmm. it's not ideal it's not a situation yeah. where where maybe you're not working out that day to kind of get in the weeds here a little bit um you know, different forms of carbohydrates get metabolized by the body differently. So going back to the simple carbohydrates, um, like sugars, those pretty much get to the bloodstream straight away. Some of them actually, you have this enzyme in your mouth called amylase, and it breaks down carbohydrates. When you drink juice, it actually, even before it gets to your stomach, goes to your bloodstream because it gets digested so quickly. So, and get kind of nerdy here. Um, You think of carbohydrates say they, they link up right mm-hmm. like in chains right so so you have like a unit right which is like one link of the chain simple carbohydrates are just a bunch of individual links floating around they're very easily assimilated into the body but let's say have you heard of complex carbohydrates no so a complex carbohydrate is a more slowly digesting carbohydrate and what that is it's those same links but like um, more starchy foods they'll be linked together like this mm-hmm. in a formation to make like you know carb um, yeah carbohydrates and so your body has to go in and and break those down and yeah. that takes time so rather than those simple carbohydrates to go straight to the bloodstream this is a slow trickle effect into the bloodstream so like I said when you work out you want it right to your bloodstream because you're about to use it carbohydrates are your body's preferred currency of energy so your body's going to use it right away that's why it's good to do before or after you're kind of replenishing afterwards or before you're prepping Mm -hmm. your body to use that energy but when you're not working out you don't want that glucose spike because you're not going to be using it you're going to be hanging out chilling so you want to you want a slow steady trickle of it so doing a more complex carbohydrate like just off the top of my head like a sweet potato Mm -hmm. for example going back to like that Got chain it. analogy that's gonna yeah. be a bunch of chains it's gonna take your body time to break it down so you're not gonna get that big blood glucose spike so so i got i i yeah and that's exactly what i was thinking when i drink this cherry juice before and after workout makes me feel great mm-hmm. i'm feeling like like i'm beat up right now so i want that <laughs> feeling and that's yeah. why i drink but that wasn't the best option wasn't the do. best yeah. option but you know you're nourishing your body we've been working out hard yeah. man you need calories in your body so so it wasn't not bad Got but if you really i won't do it again Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you've been harsh on me enough about it man. keep you accountable man <laughs> all right next one what mental obstacles did you have to overcome and what are some that still creep up in regards to fitness i think this is in regards to your discipline in Mm. in fitness yeah just like with anything you know there's days where you just don't want to do it um but those are the most important days to do it so that comes up all the time Mm -hmm. like there are days where you know i know i got my workout with you you know and that's why i love working out with you man we hold each other accountable you know, we have that scheduled time. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's that constant battle always. There's, there's, there's always that resistance, you know. Um, but you have to recognize it in the moment and overcome it. And that's why motivation is kind of crap. Motivation doesn't last. Mm-hmm. What lasts is well, discipline. Yeah. You know? Well, I think motivation is like more uh, 
like a shower, right? You need to take one every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that does, doesn't last you all day. That doesn't mean right. you ride it throughout the week, that yeah, one yeah. shower. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So <laughs> it's like, good, motivation's great, yeah. but but it, it should be something you listen to daily, right. but that doesn't, there's no substitute for discipline. Right, right? and there's yeah. days where you're not going to feel motivated. That's where discipline comes in. Mm-hmm. So staying disciplined, you know, not perfect at all. There yeah. are some days well, I, where, I think a lot of people see, you know, would see your physique and then say, Oh, this dude is just, he wants to be working out 24 <laughs> 7, but that's just not the case. No. Where your mo, the reason why your body looks the way it does is because your your mind is built like like your body looks, you would say. 100%. Yeah. Huh. You strengthen the mind, the body will follow. Got it. All right. Next one. What do you listen to that motivates you to work out? Hmm. Like me. Mm. Sometimes you know music. Sometimes is is great. It's actually mm-hmm. been shown to really help people get through workouts. So if you if you put together a good playlist for yourself, you know if you want to go to the gym, put some music on that pumps you up. Um, there's also so many good resources too. Like sometimes I'll I'll even put on uh, like some just motivational like talks and things like that. Yeah. You know that that just find what works for you and utilize it. So so for me, yeah, it's good music. But what I've been really into lately is. Um, uh, like you know motivational talks but also like having a buddy to work out with mm-hmm. that's huge that accountability you know when we're working out you know I'm not gonna sit around and wait between sets and maybe yeah. distraction <laughs> on my phone you know right. I Gil's on his set I'm next like back and forth back and forth so so some sort of music if you're on your own experiment with like motivation there's some really cool ones online that you can oh, yeah. get you know it just kind of pump you up again you got to keep that discipline it's not gonna always Get the music and the motivational videos aren't going to get you to the gym, but it can kind of give you that little edge once you're there um, to give that extra effort. But a workout buddy is absolutely yeah. key. And, and I'll say that that's brand new to me. There's a time where I did have a personal trainer one time bef- uh, before at a gym lifting, mm-hmm. and uh, I had my brother with me. So that was, I mean, there, we don't miss those times, right? Yeah. You're not going to be the one saying, well, I can't make it today mm-hmm. for whatever bullshit mm-hmm. excuse. Yeah. And um, I started training with Dustin, owner of Superior, and rarely miss something, a, um, a session, if, if he can't make it or I can't make it. It's very, very rare. And now, but that wasn't lifting weights, right? That was like more of my type of just just Dustin putting together some gnarly workouts yeah. and, and, and getting them done. Mm-hmm. Where lifting weights was kind of being, like for me, it was like, oh, I have to go in there and do this. But working out with you, and then sometimes we get we get a, a, a third in there with us, yeah. or a third or fourth, and that's to me has been extremely refreshing, and yeah. and uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, and and knowing that there's no way that I'm gonna call in and say that I can't mm-hmm. show up, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I I'm I'm with you on that workout partner. Yeah, uh, I'm all about. Uh, uh, if you find me in the gym and I happen to be working out by myself and I got my headphones on, I'm listening probably to a podcast, mm-hmm. to an audio book, or some uh, you know if motivational. Yeah, motivators Eric Thomas or Tony Robbins, and yeah. if I'm listening to those kind of speeches in there, um, and then kind of off the wall, which I which I I haven't heard too much other people do, but sometimes I'll just pick a random video on YouTube. It could be about black holes one day. It could be about how, um, you know, a seed of a grass splits and grows. 
And the reason why I've, I've been interested on that is, is I've found that my mind starts making these connections to subjects that I really know nothing about, yeah. but I'm able to have conversations with just That's because awesome. of the knowledge that, that, that I, that I, that I, that I um, soak in mm-hmm. because you know, I'm not concentrating on what I'm listening to a lot of the times just right. background noise. But what I found is like my mind is soaking that knowledge up mm-hmm. and creating links. Yeah. So there's be times like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to click on that. Why would I want to learn about that? But then I got to say, no, like what you say, discipline. Yeah. That's going to create a branch out, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mm-hmm. going to lead you to something new. And, and once you start learning about so many different subjects, it doesn't matter if I'm now learning about like, um, the nuclear space program because I'm going to relate it to something now that I've already known in my library because my library is so big. Right. And so that's something that's really that's awesome. big for me. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, brother. Yeah. All right, next one. Do you set up, and this one's particularly for you as a trainer, do you set up a program and recommend nutrition uh, when working with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt, every single one of my clients is on a game plan, on a program, and uh, you know, nutrition is a huge component of it. So we always touch those bases. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation of it, right there. And most people, yeah, they're you know they don't know. So investing in yourself, getting a personal trainer to get that guidance. My my goal when I have my clients isn't just to have them come and me be like, give me twenty mm-hmm. or you know do this and do that because. Or like, know? oh, what do you feel like working out today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. way. No, I'm, I'm here to to get you to your goal as quick as possible. Also, I want to teach you why we're doing what we're doing, you know. Um, I have a lot of clients, you know, that come to me and they stay with me because they love the accountability. We have a great relationship. We crush their goals. We get it done, you know. But there's some clients, you know, where it's like they're here for a short period of time. And whether they're with me forever or with me for a short period of time, I want them to leave, you know, my training session more knowledgeable mm-hmm. about what to do for themselves to where I have some clients who have come to me not knowing anything been very intimidated by the gym you know and then afterwards they walk in there with their chin up and they're like I know what I'm doing here yeah. you know so so yeah teaching them how to work out properly the reasons why we're doing what we're doing and then how to eat well and how that applies to all that so in your lessons like they say you're not just teaching them uh, you're not just fishing for them. You're mm-hmm. teaching them how to fish. So exactly. If they, for whatever reason, stop with you, they can carry the lessons you've taught them on. 100%. And that's so much more valuable than just telling someone what to do. I, wanna, I want you to know why. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right. Let's say you do two a days. Is it okay to work out the same muscles? That's a good question. Um, so it can be. So let's say, you know, you have a heavier lifting session in the morning mm-hmm. um, with a certain muscle group, whatever it is, and then you have maybe a low, low intensity in the evening. You could get away with that depending on your experience, depending on what it exactly is, but you also get into the territory, as, as we were talking about earlier, of overtraining. So unless you have a very specific sort of reason or goal to do so, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. But, um, yeah, some people, for example, they, they will have a very specific goal that requires certain times where you're going to have, you know, a certain strength training in the morning and then in the evening, sort of an active recovery or mobility period. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to do 
a hardcore training leg session in the morning and then try to do that same hardcore training uh, session in the evening, mm-hmm. that would be counterproductive. And just- So let's say, and we'll go male, female, or man, woman. So a, uh, a man wants to grow his chest, so he wants to go hard two a days. Mm-hmm. He goes in, goes hard on chest in the morning, and now he wants to work it out in the evening. Mm-hmm. What type of work should he do to get the outcome that he's desiring for if he's trying to build his chest? Mm-hmm. For so, if he absolutely wants to do two days, mm-hmm. so I would say, for example, like do some weights in the morning um, with chest, and then do some very very light band work. And and the band work isn't even like close to failure, anything like that. You are literally just getting blood flow to the muscle. Which we do a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, like in between our sessions, I'll tell you, hey, do this light band work um, on our off days. And it's not any work that's going to like crush you. You're not lifting heavy. You're not going to failure. You're just stimulating the muscle, getting some more blood flow to it, um, which can help with the recovery and just constantly sending that signal of growth. But again, it's a balance because you do not want to get in the territory of overtraining. So... So if you want to really hit your chest and, and grow your chest and you're just starting out, I would say do one effective session, um, you know, every two to three days. Mm-hmm. Um, if you absolutely want to do two days and you just need to do it for whatever reason that is, do something with varying intensities. So something more intense at the beginning of the day, the more time you can have bet- between those two sessions, the better. Okay. So the earlier you can do it. And the later in the evening you can do it, the better. Because so you're kind of just saying, don't do it. Pretty really. much. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. I remember like football, we'd have two days, yeah. you know, and that was just, we'd crush ourselves. But we have one early in the morning and one in the evening. During that time in the midday, like me and my boy, we would like nap because we'd yeah. be so tired. Yeah. We'd eat a bunch, you know, um, and then, yeah, hit that, hit that second day. And, and but that it, wasn't sustainable. We wouldn't do that the whole season. It was a very short period of time that we would do that. So that's the same thing we would tell a woman if she's wants to grow her glutes or, or um, you know, um, contour her glutes, mm-hmm, same mm-hmm. thing. Same thing that you would you just said about a guy in his chest. Right. And even more effective than a two-a-day, kind of like we're doing, we have one, like, heavy lifting day where we're really, you know, hitting it hard. And then the next day, you know, don't hit if the glute analogy. You know, on the heavy day, we're doing squats, we're doing hip thrusts, we're doing lunges. On the next day, do some, like, light band work like you can do some hip thrust but just with your body weight really light band not even close to failure and that's going to again help with that blood flow help continue to send that growth response to your body without overworking it got it all right so last but not least and this is going this is to our program that we're on right Mm -hmm. now it Mm -hmm. seems like why do you change the workouts every three weeks so uh, every three weeks, it could, it could be two, four weeks, could, just depending on you know what your strategy. But the main reason why we, we switch it up, well, first and foremost, the reason why we actually keep it for a certain duration is so that we can progress mm-hmm. in a certain, you know, whether it's strength or muscular endurance, whatever it is. So we have our main lifts for those three weeks, right? And each yeah. week we have the same rep range, but we're trying to increase the weight, right? So within that three weeks, we're getting stronger, we're getting stronger. And by the time we reach that third week, you know, the body's very efficient at acclimating to certain things. You've probably heard of plateaus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
If you do the same thing over and over again, your body becomes so efficient that it becomes less effective. So it's good to, to do something for a block of time so you get you master it, you get used to it, you're able to track the progress. But then right when you're getting used to it, switch it up. Got it. You know, we're keeping we're keeping similar lifts, but we may change the rep range. We may um, throw a few other things in there, but the end goal is still the same. We're just uh -huh. working backwards, and within that sort of macro plan, we have micro little plans within it. So keep the muscles, the body, the mind guessing. Exactly. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think uh, that's that's we're gonna wrap that up. I, I think know. we got a lot out there. That's a yeah. lot to soak in. Yep. Uh, I do want to get your info out there. So if anybody mm -hmm. wants to um, get more detailed answers from you or have new questions, mm -hmm. uh, and more importantly, hopefully something uh, hit somebody a certain way, they heard it, and now they want to start training. Yeah. And so where can they reach you at? So you can, if, if you're online, you can, I, I, um, a lot goes through my Instagram, mm -hmm. so it's just Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, uh, space, my last name is a long one, so K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. -L. You can DM me on Instagram, or even in my bio, I have like an application you can fill out to where we can kind of cut to the chase with the things I've talked to you over the phone with, mm -hmm. and then we just answer those right away and kind of get to a little bit quicker. That That's a really effective way. Um, you and can also, before you move past that, Drew, when you say space, is that uh, underscore? Because yeah, okay. underscore. Yes, okay. underscore. Because it could be a multiple of things yeah. in IG. So I just want to make sure they get that. Yes. And then how do how do they pronounce your last name? How do we pronounce your last name? <laughs> so it's a Dutch last name. In my whole life, every single time attendance was taken, yeah, it'd yeah. be Jordan. Uh, key, key, it'd be like right here. Yeah, it's Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Right. Um, so it's it's pronounced Kirkendall. Oh, okay. As if the UY had an IR. I would have never so, guessed that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. you, yeah Well, exactly. that's why we asked, because I wanted to know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm in the Kirkendall. same boat with you, man. My, yeah. my last name is Regalado, but for some reason, uh, teachers and mm -hmm. announcements couldn't catch that A, uh, that other A, and it was mm -hmm. Regaldo all the time growing <laughs> up. So I'm right with you on that boat, man. Yeah. So, okay, so IG, yeah. you guys got the handles. Uh, the link in your bio is a good one mm -hmm. to do. And then, and then, you know, you can... I even throw my phone number out there too. So uh, just text or call me if I don't pick up. You know, chances are I'm working. So just leave some sort of message so I know why you were contacting me. Eight zero five eight nine five zero nine three nine. And then also you can just come to the gym too. You know, Superior Fitness mm -hmm. on the West Side, one three three one San Andreas Street. Um, pretty much always there. So. And uh, you, you're still taking clients right now? Still taking clients, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. The schedule's really full right now, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we can figure out some spots to put in there. And um, mm -hmm. Okay, and um, the programming. I don't know, this was a long time ago, so I don't want to jump to conclusions, but are the first sessions still free? Yeah. Okay. First session is, is a, you know, a... a complimentary session where we basically go over you know what your goals are we do like a light physical assessment so I can kind of see where you're at physically to see what maybe your limitations are and yeah it's just an opportunity for me to get to know you you to get to know me and uh, for us to see if it's a right fit for both of us got it all right brother anything else you'd like to close with that's it just enjoyed being on your podcast and um yeah, thanks for yeah, having me. Rumor is Jordan might be starting his own podcast soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, have a good All one. All right, thank, thank you. you, Gilbert.
Thank you for listening. If you found value in this episode, please share it. If you would like to support Solid Foundations and instill confidence in the youth through martial arts, work ethic, fitness, and family values, please consider becoming a part of our Solid Contribution Crew. By enrolling in our BRIC program, your monthly donation goes directly towards growing Solid Foundations to help more youth and comes with some nice perks for you. You can also see how your donations are being used when you follow us on Instagram.